Hello and welcome back to Stop and Go F1 for this, our driver ratings for the Las Vegas Grand Prix. We'll go through each driver and give them a score between 1 and 10. This is the penultimate driver ratings of the year. I, for one, cannot believe it. Make sure you subscribe because not only have we got this driver ratings video, but uh, next week... Next weekend, we'll have all the coverage of the Abu Dhabi Grand Prix starting on Friday with the preview. Then we'll cover the uh, qualifying on the Saturday, main race on the Sunday. Then the final driver ratings will be a week today on Monday. And lest we forget, F2 is back as well. So we'll be covering all the F2 next weekend as well. I cannot wait. It's been a while since I've had my F2 fix. And that will be back next weekend. But... Let us get into this then. It is the driver ratings for the Abu Dhabi Grand Prix. Firstly, let's bring up our incredible visuals. There he is, little Logan Sargent. Here's our driver scores. We'll fill it in as we go along. So, let's start with the Williams team and Logan Sargent. Now, this is an interesting one because you have the Williams team who were incredible on Saturday. Just really, really good. Then, on the Sunday, they just weren't good at all. They just reverted to normal. I mean, if you told me going into this weekend that the Williams could finish 12th and 16th, I'd go, well, that sounds like an average Williams weekend. If you then told me, well, actually, they started 5th and 6th, you go, what the hell happened there? So, for me, it's really rather difficult to grade these guys because... I don't normally give a score more based on qualifying. My scores that I give out are 90% what happened on the Sunday. But I feel when a qualifying is that good, and it's not like they made any huge mistakes, really, their car just wasn't good enough in race pace. Like, I remember in Hungary when Joe qualified fourth, and then had a crash on the first corner. I gave him a really low score because he messed it up. But these guys, I don't think they did mess it up. They just did exactly as good as they could have done in that car. So, I've given Logan Sargent a 7. And I've given Alex Albon a 7. And I feel that is relatively fair. Let's move across now to the Alpha Tauri of Daniel Ricciardo. He qualified 14th, finished 14th. I expected a lot more from the Alpha Tauri coming into this weekend, but both lads seemed to struggle, so I just think this did not suit their car. The last few races, they've been doing really well. Uh, it's like, you know, Daniel Ricciardo did fantastically in uh, Mexico, as did Yuki until he had that incident with Oscar Piastri. Then we went to Brazil, and both guys did very well again, despite... Uh, Ricardo being unfairly a lap down, but we've covered that already. Then this weekend they turn up and it's really not there for them. Uh, 14th, the best Daniel Ricardo could do and the best the car could do, I think, really. So I've given him a six. I think that's quite fair. Yuki Sonoda, on the other hand, though, he qualified dead last on the Saturday, 20th place qualifying for Yuki Sonoda. Then he wouldn't finish the race. Uh, car issue in the very, very, very late stages of the race. Even still, within the race, didn't really do much he made up a few positions but at the end of the day uh he just couldn't really get it done so i've given him a four just because his qualifying was awful he didn't finish the race i think four is pretty good uh, moving to Haas, which is a team i'm very disappointed with if i'm honest with you 
I went into this race, I've been thinking for months now, this is it. This is the race where the hash is going to shine. The car that sets its tyres on fire at the race where you need your tyres to be as hot as possible because it's so cold. The Haas is going to turn up. It's going to have an incredible qualifying. The race pace isn't going to fall away. The Haas is the one to back for Las Vegas. Then we get there. Nico Hulkenberg qualifies 13th and he didn't finish the race. Uh, I gave him a 5. We go to Kevin Magnussen now. Uh, he qualified 8th, which, you know, is a good qualifying uh, especially for Kevin Magnussen, who struggles more in qualifying than uh, Hulkenberg does. But still, it's not the best qualifying the Haas has had all year, which is what I was expecting. Maybe my expectations were far too high. But K-Mag did actually finish the race, and, you know, he finished OK. A 13th is an OK position for the Haas, so I gave him a 6. Now, here's someone I really want to talk about. Lance Stroll. Because Lance Stroll... Is on a little bit of a streak at the minute. I believe it is a streak of two. But that's the longest streak he's had of very good race performances in a long time. Especially this season. I can't remember the last time I spoke back-to-back races praising Lance Stroll. Because my god, this is fantastic. Qualified 19th, obviously not great. Finished the race 5th. Unbelievable from Lance Stroll. And you know, this is what I'm saying about how we have to focus more on the race than qualifying. Because qualifying is just one lap where you know anything could really happen. In the race, you have to be consistent all the time, and that's what Lance was. He uh, started on the softs, pitted under the safety car, massively benefited from there, and then just went for it and kept up the pace. It's his third top five finish of the year. His only top five finish of the year, where I can honestly say that everyone who DNF'd him, DNF'd, probably wouldn't have beaten him if they had finished the race. Fantastic stuff from that stroll. To have him finishing fifth and Alonso finishing ninth. Incredible. Lance's best race of the year, I think. Easily. Really, really impressive stuff from Lance Stroll, especially when, you know, he's just been consistently criticised all year. And, you know, I'll hold my hand up that I've been criticising him all year as well because he hasn't been good enough. His confidence is probably shot. When he turned up here at a track, he had no idea what it was going to be. It seems like a difficult track. He turned up. He bossed it. Fantastic stuff from Lance Stroll. 10 out of 10. I don't care about the qualifying lap. If you go from 19th to 5th in a car, likely Aston, you deserve a 10. We'll talk about Fernando Alonso, though, because he qualified ninth. Then he got, uh, well, he caused a lap one incident because he just had no grip and just spun by himself, got hit twice by Valtteri Bottas into turn one. Uh, He pitted on the first lap under virtual safety car. And then, you know, he just had a kind of nothing race, really. He kind of fought his way through with a lot of the guys who started, who pitted early. And then he was just... There, I mean, towards the end, it seemed like all his pace disappeared. He had a lot of guys overtaking him at the end. Uh, I did expect a little bit better from Fernando, especially considering his performance in Brazil, where we fought the Astons back here. But it looks like maybe the Astons back a little bit, but maybe not as consistent as it was at the start of the year. Uh, I've given Alonso a 7, though, because I think overall it was a decent performance, an okay qualifying, and then a good recovery drive from that uh, incident on the first lap. Across to Alfa Romeo now, and Alfa Romeo had a proper Alfa Romeo weekend. 
And what I mean by that is non-eventful. Uh, Zhou Guan Yu qualifies 17th, finishes the race in 15th. So I gave him a 6 for that. Okay race for him. Then Bottas is another one of those guys who had a fantastic qualifying, then just disappeared. So Bottas qualifies in 7th. He finishes 17th, which is actually last of all the guys who are actually going. So that should be studied, really, how you have one lap pace good enough to be in the top 10, but your actual race pace is the slowest of anyone who finished the race. So, yeah, not a great weekend for Valtteri. Game of four. To McLaren now, and Oscar Piastri, who had a very interesting one. He qualifies 18th, uh, McLaren, sorry, awful, awful in qualifying, but would end up finishing the race in 10th with the fastest lap. His pace this weekend was actually fantastic. Uh, he went from the hards to the hards, and then had to pit very late on. Didn't go for the softs, and I'm still not entirely sure why. Went for the mediums, I think... Uh, McLaren's strategy really messed up here because for the majority of the race he was fourth you know he had the pace of of the top five and to go hard hard then wait and wait and wait and then go to medium that to me makes very little sense uh, but I thought Oscar had a, still a very good performance in a car that is doesn't really agree with this track at all so I gave him an eight to his teammate now Lando Norris this is going to be a controversial one because people love Lando and they don't like it when I say that he didn't do well. But he qualified 15th, then he crashed on the fourth lap. Um, it seems to be driver error. Uh, just from looking at it, it appears that off the back of the virtual safety car, he didn't have enough heat in his rear tyres. And when he went hit the brake, he lost the rear end and hit the wall. That is my observation of the incident there. So for that reason, and having a bad qualifying, I can only give him a free. Because it just really was not good. You know, he beat his teammate in qualifying, so he gets a point for that. He turned up, he gets a point for that. He didn't crash on lap one. And that's all I can really say about Lando. But knowing Lando, he will definitely be back with a fantastic drive. Probably in Abu Dhabi, because that's the kind of driver he is. I don't think he gets himself bogged down in these kind of things. Um, and he'll be back because when he's on, he's fantastic. And hopefully he'll be fantastic again uh, next weekend. To the Alpines now and Oscar Castri. I need to sneeze. I'm going to pause the recording. Well, I hate to report this, but I did pause the recording to sneeze. But it's one of those sneezes that just naturally went away. How embarrassing. Pierre Gasly, though. Um, interesting one for him. Qualified fourth. Fantastic qualifying performance. Uh, then would go pretty well in the race, staying within the top 10, in the middle of the top 10, and then had a battery issue which just killed him, and he just went backwards and backwards and backwards. But overall, I think he had very good pace, very much outdrove the Alpine whilst it was agreeing with him. So I gave him a 7 out of 10, decent race for uh, Gasly. Ocon, though, uh, he had an awful qualifying uh, out in Q1, qualified 16th, but would finish the race in 4th, which is a fantastic drive uh, from him there. Really impressive stuff. He may have defied team orders at one point, we're not entirely sure, but overall, a fantastic race. And if you look at some of the names that he actually beat, who he started behind, like he started behind the likes of Carlos Sainz, he started behind both of the uh, Mercedes, he started uh, behind a lot of guys, and he still got ahead of them and beat them. 10 out of 10 for Esteban Ocon. 
Right, Mercedes. It is often difficult to talk about these guys, especially at this point in the season, where they've been relatively consistent throughout the whole year. In terms of, like, basically every single race, they've been the third best. And occasionally they'd turn it up and be the second best. But in the last few races, I don't know what it is. It's the end of the year. They've just thrown it all away. They just have not been there. And that's sometimes the driver's fault, sometimes the car's fault. Like, you know, last weekend out in Brazil, they just weren't good enough. Mexico was very good for Lewis. Qatar was not very good for Lewis. Uh, you have um, Austin, where the you know the car got disqualified. So then we turn up to this weekend in Las Vegas, and the car wasn't necessarily on it. It's uh, but then just you know, I really it's hard to put into words how I feel about this Mercedes team right now because let's take let's talk about Russell then. Qualified third, great qualifying performance. The car seemed to suit him here. But then in the race, he just throws it away. By making the exact same mistake he makes basically now in every other race. He's wheel to wheel with someone. He doesn't look. He just turns in. And he just, like, his excuse is the same every time. It's like, oh, I didn't expect him to be there. It's like, why not? Just because someone else doesn't overtake there doesn't mean, you like, you go in, like, take this exact, this race, for example. Max Verstappen's behind you. The guy, you know, he tells stories about how when he was karting, his dad would ban him from overtaking in the easy-to-overtake corners and force him to overtake in corners which were more difficult to. He can overtake you at any point. Not only is he a better driver than George Russell, he's in a car which is far superior to the car George Russell's, he can overtake you whenever he wants to. Why don't you have the spatial awareness to deal with this? Because then, you know, he could have ruined both of their races. Luckily, they seem to get away with it okay. He then gets the five-second penalty, and he gets some decent overtakes, but, you know, it's just pointless at this time. And then, at the end of it, he's quite lucky to finish eighth. But it's just, with George, I'm getting so annoyed at him making the same mistakes all the time. So, I'm giving him a four because I'm fed up of him. Right, across to Lewis now. And, uh, you know, George had a good qualifying. Lewis did not. He would qualify 11th, get promoted to 10th through Carlos' penalty. And in the race itself, he was really nowhere until the end. Of course, he had that puncture from the incident with uh, Piastri. And he recovered reasonably well. But, but before that, he was really nowhere. Had the puncture kind of recovered to be nowhere and at the end of the race the last 10-15 laps or so he then really woke up and got a few overtakes in and got to an okay position of seventh but still you know seventh is not great i mean mercedes i really think probably had the third best car here this weekend and they've come away with seventh and eighth place it's really not good enough so I've given Lewis a six overall for this weekend. Let's go and talk about Ferrari now because, man, was it a weekend uh, to forget for Carl Sainz through no mistake of his own or the teams at all. Of course, had that incident in FP1 with a manhole cover. So, you know, put him on the back foot from there because he had to take the 10-place grid penalty. He would qualify second. That would be pushed down to 12th. 
and he had a decent recovery drive uh, to P6. Would have been really interesting to see what he could have done if we had that Ferrari front row. We could have had a really interesting battle between the two Ferraris here, but I'm going to give him an 8 because I think overall his pace was really good, but it was not to the level I thought it was going to be. I really thought that Carlos was going to come through and just kind of slice through um, the majority of the grid, but he didn't, which is a shame. So, 8 out of 10. Carlos Sainz, then let's talk about this man. Charles Leclerc qualifies on pole, ends up P2. Now, initially, I gave him a 9. And I gave him a 9 because I thought, oh, he did have that lock-up at that one point, and they just let Checo go through. Then I thought, you know what? I'm going to be nice, and I'm just going to give him a 10. Because, you know, he properly took the battle to the Red Bulls in a way we haven't actually seen this year. I know Carlos won the race in Singapore, but he won that race in Singapore because Red Bull were just not on it that weekend. And the Red Bull didn't agree with that Singapore track for whatever reason. Um, it wasn't like, you know, the Red Bulls was fast, and then Carlos was fast and beat them. Here, the Red Bull was fast, Charles Leclerc was fast, and he took the fight to them, and, you know, at the end was there with them. So it's a fantastic drive from him. And I think I've said this before about Charles, but you can tell how, how good Charles is by the way Max reacts to him. Now, there was a discussion for a while about, you know, does Max drive against Lewis differently? And, you know, you can say whatever you want about that. I think maybe he does, but not to the extreme extent that other people think he does. And if anything, I do think that Lewis drives against Max a little bit differently. But if someone says, does Max drive against Charles differently than everyone else? A hundred percent yes. He is way more aggressive against Charles than basically anyone else on the grid. He takes it to Charles like he does no one else. You know, in Austin, we really saw it when... Uh, Charles was on pole and Max was P2. And Max comes... Ac oh, Max was on pole, wasn't he? And Charles was P2. There was no way around. And Max comes across and properly fights against him off the start because he knows that if Charles gets out in front, it's going to be difficult to get past. For, uh, get back past. And that's in a Ferrari that isn't... Um, isn't anywhere near as good as the Red Bull. And, you know, I've seen a lot of people being like, Charles Leclerc has... He's one of the best qualifiers of all time. And I do think that is true. But unfortunately, he has got this statistic around him now of so many poles in a row that he hasn't converted into a win. And I think people use that against him. But it's not fair because it's not his fault. His car is not as good as the Red Bull, which, quite frankly, you could honestly say is the greatest Formula 1 car of all time. So, yeah, Charles Leclerc, he's really good. And he showed it here. And hopefully next year, Ferrari will have a car good enough for him to go up against Max. Because even though he had that last year, I think Charles made a lot of mistakes last year. And I think he carried that through into the start of this year. If you go back and look at some of the races at the start of this year, there are a few mistakes there from Charles again. But I think throughout this year, he's very much matured to the point he is now, where if he had a car which is good enough to go against the Red Bull, I think he'd do a fantastic job. So 10 out of 10 for Charles Leclerc. And let's talk about Sergio Perez now. He has secured his second place in the championship, so congratulations to him for that. First time ever Red Bull have got one and two in the championship. And again, I was thinking, oh, I'll give him a nine. 
because, you know, you shouldn't have let Charles pass to take the lead that one time. And then in the end, he got overtaken on the last lap. But then you look at it, you know, his qualifying, he qualified 12th, and it wasn't his fault. Red Bull brought him into the pits for no good reason when everyone else was going to set a fast lap time. And if he'd been out on the track, he probably would have gone through and probably qualified it okay. He comes through from 11th to finish third. No, it should have been a second. But at the end of the day, I still think he did a fantastic job and showed, again, how good he can be in that Red Bull second driver role. So I'm going to give him a 10 because, once again, for some reason I was feeling nice to some of these guys and not feeling nice to some other ones. Uh, Max Verstappen qualifies second, finishes first. Uh, fantastic race from him. You know, we could put him down for saying, oh, he pushed Charles off at the start. But, you know, if you see how little grip there was into that first corner, when the likes of Fernando Alonso, uh, who has more races than anyone ever in the history of Formula 1, he's making a mistake into it. You can allow Max to make a mistake in it, because if you look on his onboard, he is turning. The car just isn't. I think the uh, penalty, though, still was fair, and he fought through that penalty and came back to win it and gave us a fantastic race with it. And, you know, there's some guys who have had dominant cars in the past and have been put into a similar position as Max has, where he was given a penalty and had to fight through the pack and haven't been able to do it. Max has had a very dominant car this year. He was put into a position now where he has to fight through the pack. He did it. He won the race. What more can you say? It's another 10 out of 10 for Max Verstappen. Uh, another fantastic weekend for him. And you know what? I think he's now won six races in a row, which, you know, is unbelievable. He already broke the record for most race wins in a row. He's probably going to do it again with this streak he's on at the minute, going through into next year. Uh, we know, I remember six, I think when he got six in a row, was it Silverstone this year or round then? They were like, Look at all these names who have got six in a row. Max Verstappen joins them. Unbelievable that he's done this. He's done it twice now in one year. Incredible. Imagine if Red Bull had a car that could do Singapore. The stats he would have for this year would be insane. And they're already insane without that one race win. So another 10 out of 10 from me for Max Verstappen. There you go. That is the driver ratings for this weekend. So uh, the guys who have scored the highest are Verstappen, Perez, Leclerc, Ocon uh, and Stroll. And my lowest score goes to Lando Norris for a weekend to forget. Uh, I should say, you know, he is OK. <laughs> he went to the hospital and he is OK and he will be back in Abu Dhabi and I'm sure he'll have a point to prove. So there you go. That is the driver ratings for this weekend. As I said, we'll be back uh, next weekend for all things Abu Dhabi, the final race of the year. I'm going to wear a tie on Sunday to celebrate the whole thing. My goodness. I'll see you then. Until next time, have a good one. Goodbye.